I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. It's uh, time for the baseball podcast, and it's a special baseball season preview edition of the podcast. I, I don't know how special. Don't get your hopes up. But uh, joining me uh, is uh, Dave Brown, national baseball writer from Bally Sports. To get that right? Or should I be calling you David? I just assumed. I just called you Dave. I went cash. It's not a bad question. It's not a bad question. Um, when... We're just talking, and you know you want to call me whatever. Call I think I would prefer Dave. Okay, but when I introduce but you, when I, I should be introducing you as David, as your actual, your actual, the name your parents gave you. When they give it, when they get it right, it, the byline is David Brown. I want a little formality. I know this is very inside baseball writing, but I want a little formality. Dave Brown. It's funny. You can call me Dave Brown, but. To me, like Dave Brown, it sort of goes by too fast. There's two syllables and you're done. It's true. David Brown, you know, when you read, oh, David Brown wrote this. You know, it's like Dave Brown wrote this. It's sort of like somebody from the pool hall or whatever. It's like, who cares? But David Brown, that sounds like maybe he knows a little bit more what he's talking about. Gives a little more uh, oomph. Besides, Dave Brown uh, failed a Giants quarterback. I know. You don't want to be be mistaken for that. I have. I have this idea that I haven't executed yet to do a blog about all the Dave Browns, uh, most of them in sports. And there's a couple of other good ones. Remember the Seahawks uh, defensive back, Dave Brown, who I think should be in the Hall of Fame uh, in the Steve Largent era. Um, And then there's – well, there was a Notre Dame hockey goalie and then me. And then uh, I swear there's a couple more, but I don't – I'm failing right now. I should have done the blog when I had a chance. Yeah. Well, it's so like there. my, my famous uncle Jim, um, who owns the, owns the Knicks and we're so proud of him. So he threw out Charles Oakley for you. He did. And he goes, he's James. Actually, my brother's yes. name is Jim. So that cracks me up. That... Does he even like basketball, much less own a team? He doesn't own a team. He does like basketball. Okay. Good. He was actually, he's a little older than me. He was my eighth grade basketball coach. 
Wow. And we were we were bad. Yeah. And I just because blamed, of I that just blamed it on the coaching. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Right. The coaching was bad. That's what happened. Um Okay, so where can uh people can just go I in order to read your stuff, I just Google David Brown right. Sports and I got a whole page that just had all your stuff. Is that the there best was a way time to do last that? year? Probably not, but that's a, it's. You, I'll tell you what. At this time last year, more or less, you couldn't do that yet because they hadn't figured out how to get it high up on the search engine. So you could like Google it, you could bring it, you could Alta Vista it, and I don't know, you couldn't find it anywhere. But they've since figured it out. Is it on Dogpile? Uh, and that's, Can you go to Dogpile and type it in? I don't remember what that is. That's it. Was like uh, it was a search engine. Okay. Yeah. I gave you Alta Vista. That's like he did. That's the strangest one I can. So I just that's a street by Wrigley Field. I one up your joke, and it didn't work. Right. Well, it's my fault for not knowing everything. So (laughs) that's true. Um, (laughs) You're only expected to know everything. Yeah, you can do that. You can go to uh, ValleySports.com. You and click on MLB. I don't have a page. Yet, I think, I hope this changes someday where you can see all my things archived if anybody ever had that interest other than myself. Um, But yeah, go ahead. If you Google David, did you Google David or Dave? I I would think. Well, let me do it while we. Because I swear, I don't know that it's always the same as far as the the bylines. Because I don't put that part in myself. I send them like a Word file and then they do the rest. So I don't ever put David Brown down. Okay, so you are the <laughs> if you Google David Brown Valley Sports, uh, your Twitter feed immediately comes up. Uh, then there's um, another yeah, guy from Valley Sports. Well. Do you know G David Brown? He no. works. He works for Valley Sports. Uh, he he is, does. He's a sports. He's a sports media sales and marketing professional responsible for the Valley Sports Carolinas office. So he oh. comes up before you. Um, he, then he also comes up, um, no, this is, do you ever write for Bass Fan? Sounds very vaguely dangerous, but no. Okay, so that's not you then. Uh, but here you were a guest on the Jake Asman show. That that comes up. And then the next one is an article you wrote six days ago, MLB spring training reset, Boston Red Sox. David. One of the last ones. David. David. Yes. Special to Bally Sports National. Right. So, yeah, I don't. I, yes. Somehow I was sure I got a page that had a, a bunch because I read a few. Maybe I don't know how I did that. I just, I'm just exceptional, I guess. I should be able to tell you how you did it, but I don't. I, I haven't right, Go to ballysports.com and hunt around and you'll find your stuff. So, I still have an author page on The Athletic. Um, right. It's very, they made it very hard to find. Um, but the thing I still enjoy the most is that I'm still the only person on the athletic whose headshot is in color. <laughs> Everybody else's is that, black and white. That is odd. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's basically like uh, Dorothy woke up, the house crashed, <laughs> she woke up, and there I was. And you were there, and you, George Castle, and you. My feet sticking out from under the house, my striped socks. It was great. Uh, yeah, so um, so that's how they can find you. You can find me at pointlessexercise.com. You can now vouch for the quality of the newsletter because, you know. You, I got signed, up, I got signed up for it. 
you got one. That's right. I, I um, can never say that I didn't get You also get have not yet picked out. You get to pick out a T-shirt. I'm wearing the In Play Runs shirt right now. Um, you might want to get you might want to uh, you might want to get the I don't know if you've seen the Prospect Pervert shirts that we that we now sell in the. Uh... Why would I want to wear something that says pervert on it? <laughs> well, just to <laughs> warn people. Uh, it's the thing we're trying to get going. Our friend uh, Andrew Seaslack uh, uh, referred to oh, okay. referred to uh, you know people get a little too gooey about um, minor leaguers as prospect perverts. <laughs> Uh, Sam Fells, who uh, occasionally is on this podcast as well, wrote an entire article on Deadspin today about prospect perverts. And I have T-shirts that you can buy that say prospect pervert. I'm warming to the idea. I don't know because I go to, you know, like I coach my my son's soccer team. It's a perfect place team. to wear. I don't know. I don't oh, know that that is the place to go. Actually, but... I'll tell you, I can especially make one that has David Brown on the back. <laughs> that way they <laughs> see you coming and then they see you going. <laughs> who was that? Oh, David Brown. Dave Brown? No, I don't know David. how great. I, I couldn't possibly be, be more grateful. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, yeah, so we're gonna we're here to talk about. Uh, well, we talk about baseball. We're here. It's very exciting. It's the night before uh, the season starts, provided that it doesn't rain in Chicago. Because if it does, then the season doesn't start tomorrow. Because uh, it's well, no, that's not true. That, the Cubs will be the first game, right? The, all the other day games have been already rained out, except for at Wrigley. All of it? Well, no. Well, this day counted at 3 p.m. because well, no, the Royals are still. But the, there were two other games starting at roughly the same time, and they're both uh, they're both decided. Screw it. Let's just let's go Friday. Yeah, so, the Twins and uh, somebody else, right? The Yankees and somebody were they playing the Twins? Yeah, maybe. That's good. I've had the entire schedule memorized except for tomorrow. <laughs> the only one. I right. Did. Um. So on, on my favorite uh, TV network, uh, the Marquee Sports Network, they've been showing their season preview episode over and over and over again. It's just kind of on down here. There's a couple of things I just I have to point out for people who watched it or are going to watch it because it'll be on. It's the thing on in between the Prevagen commercials. That's it's that's what it's it's there. To, it's the Prevagen delivery system of the night. Is this? They're doing a lot of on-field demonstrations, and there's a couple of good ones. Uh, Boog. Boog Shambi went down on the field with Willie Harris and Nico Horner and Willie and Nico were showing Boog how to run the bases. And the best part of it was Boog does this long intro about, about Nico and about Willie. And then he takes a big step back where he thinks he's out of camera range because they're <laughs> going to talk about it. And he just immediately looks at his watch like, Oh gosh, <laughs> how much longer? And it's plain what production as day. Values. He's in the shot. It's great. That was a good one. <laughs> My favorite one, though, was Cole Wright went down on the field with Frank Schwindel. What do you think they want to talk to Frank about? How to Hitting f- home runs? How to play first base. Oh. Because he's so smooth <laughs> around the bag. So they actually have Cole rolling grounders. Rolling. He's not hitting them. He's rolling grounders to Frank, and he completely handcuffs Frank with a rolled ground ball. It was the most perfect thing I've ever seen. It's like this is the worst See, defensive first baseman maybe in history, and you—he's this is whose genius idea was this? I love how you talk about these little vignettes as as if they're bad, but then you you you, you give me gems like I can't wait to see this now. I have to figure out how to watch this. Oh, the best the best part of it though, I think, other than Frank botching a a, a ground ball rolling to him at approximately twenty seven miles an hour, <laughs> is Cole. Who is a? He's in shape. 
right? He's in, he's in shape, but he's wearing pants that are designed to make it look like he's not for some reason. They don't quite make it all the way to his waist. And then he's got a, they're kind of gray pants. He's got a red shirt and he's got a white belt on like Herb Tarlick. He's got the white belt on. <laughs> and it's just like, did you, it, the, there's no floor length mirror in the hotel in Arizona. <laughs> Coley could look at it and went, oh, I'm much too handsome a man to wear these pants. Like, no, he's got them on. Boog has weird pants where they're very tight just around his calves. They balloon out after you get to the calves, but for some reason he decided he needs super tight. Like, oh, I got to really show up and working on my calves. Can you take them in right around just above the ankle? That'll look good. Can you take in the calves? (laughs) Yeah. Did he have a, I've seen him wear very loud shoes. Did he have colorful shoes on or am I I thinking of somebody else? I don't know. I see. That's a good question because yeah, Boog loves and he'll show them. He'll, he'll prop a leg right up on the counter and they'll show it during the games. Um, I did notice that Willie Harris had the uh, the low cut, the old Jordan ones, the old you know the, uh-huh. the blue and white ones. I, I noticed his shoes. I did not notice Boog's, which means maybe Boog didn't have exceptionally garish shoes on because I would I would have right. seen it. I was too busy looking at him, very just <laughs> looking at watch. his watch, like wow, how much longer? So one more thing about the pregame or about the preseason preview that I have to talk about is so they come back from the the ill fated demo with Cole and uh, Frank. And somehow, through the magic of television, now they're at, they're at Chicago, there's Cole again, in a suit, sitting at the desk. And the two guests that are with him for the show are Rick Sutcliffe and Cliff Floyd. Cliff's now former Cub, Cliff Floyd. He was there for a week and a half yeah. in 2008. And um, you know, Chicago's very own. He is. He's Thorn there. Wood. Cole says to him, well, before this, what do you remember about Cliff Floyd playing first base? Uh, getting in the way of the throw and breaking his elbow. Yes, that's all anybody ever remembers about Cliff Floyd playing first base, except apparently Cole Wright, uh. who says to him, uh, you played some first base. You know, it's not that hard. He basically gives the, <laughs> <laughs> the, the money ball. <laughs> it's not that hard. It's, it's incredibly hard. It's not that hard, really. And, and Cliff just looks at him like, I want. I wanted Cliff to do was just hold up his arm and like show where the show where Stitches the bolts used to be to hold his bleeding. arm back together. He's like, I was going to be rookie of the year until my arm bent the wrong way because I I reached into the I reached into the line for an errant throw. Probably about that. I don't know. That fucking Tim Wallach ruined my career. Uh, oh, <laughs> Tim Wallach. I don't know who would have been playing third base when a young Clifford Floyd would have been playing first. I thought it happened when he was with the, the Mets. Was he with the Mets too? Am I? It happened when he was at I Expo. thought maybe it happened. It happened very early. It, it did? Yes. Did I know because Alcea? I, I uh, immediately, go- here's what I did. I Googled Cliff Floyd Google. first base. First thing that comes up, Cliff breaking his arm. Of Apparently, course. they don't have the Google machine on the set at Marquee. Cole couldn't have typed no. that in. Or if ma- they did, they wouldn't have seen Frank Schwindel playing defense either. <laughs> It's like, do you have any producers? Anybody who could have been like, maybe we shouldn't go to Cliff with the. Or it's not that really hard. Do you to play know first anything base, about right? the people we're interviewing? <laughs> oh, did you play baseball? Yeah, <laughs> I'm here to do the weather. Oh, good. That's what I thought. They've got him. He's sitting on that end, kind of like the weather guy. Right, like Gordy yeah. from Mary Teller Moore. But anyway, so the Cubs in uh, so the Cubs are going to play at least the first game of the season tomorrow. Um, it's Kyle Hendricks against uh, Corbin Burns. I'm 
I'm expecting the Cubs to get their first hit sometime on Friday. Right. Yeah. That's not a well. He's now. This was the matchup two years ago, and Kyle Hendricks threw a shutout. Right. Complete game pandemic shutout. I don't think that's happening again. Well, he. You never know what to do with spring training results, but I believe in his last game he gave up like. 14 home runs. Why is, so, yeah, he thought just kind of like every time he faced the Braves last year. Um, yeah. I do think he gave up, I think he gave up seven homers to the Braves in two starts last year. And it felt like more. Right. Yeah, he's working on, he was working on a pitch. That was what the, that was actually in the athletic <laughs> side of wrote that. I have, oh, he's working I have, on a pitch. Like, well, maybe scrap it. Cause that one. No, yes. No that was going to be my joke, wor- but. Oh, sorry. Stop working on That's it. That's okay. Yeah, maybe don't throw that one. <laughs> Did you what do you what do you think? How's it going? See, he's gonna Google himself and see that he should not throw that pitch and he's not gonna do it, unlike some other people with Marky. Um Cubs have not made their final cuts. Which Well who's how many do they have they, they gotta get down to twenty eight. I think How many they, cuts do they need to make? I think they have a. I think they have to cut two. I think one of them though is uh, Michael Givens. Looks like he's going to have to go on the injured list. So they're oh. only having to cut one. That um, bullpen depth. Apparently, it's coming down to either. Uh, it seems like uh, Alfonso Rivas has made the team, which means one of two yeah. bullpen guys. I think it's down to like Michael Rooker, not Michael Rooker, which would be a lot more fun. The actor. Yes. <laughs> I believe it's <laughs> uh, from Days of Thunder. Chicago Zone. Yeah. Yes. Um, I don't think it's him. I think it's a different guy, Michael Rucker and uh, Zach Efros. I believe it's one Not of those Zach guys. Not Zach Efron. I, they both have options. So nobody cares. It's like just, you know, right. I'm sure they care. Nobody else cares. Right. They're parents. But there's also maybe. some concern that they may cut um, Michael Hermosillo. Yes, yeah. people really like Michael Hermosillo, even against all evidence. Um, prospect then, uh, perverts. Yes, prospect perverts, especially even though he's and for the Cubs, he's a young prospect. He's only like twenty-seven. Right. Which, um, yeah, they. Boy, if if only wisdom and Schwindel were that age. Okay. The uh, I, earlier today I referred to it as the uh, Randy Hunley fantasy camp uh, corners. <laughs> Of Frank Schwindel and Patrick Wisdom. Oh, you're gonna like this. Patrick Wisdom this year has just decided it's not gonna swing. It's not swing at the high fastball. Just not gonna swing at it. That'll add that adds 60 points to his batting average right there. He's an all star. Kyle Hendricks not gonna throw that pitch. Yep. Frank, not swinging uh, at a high fastball. Call him anymore. Frank Wisdom, oh. but you know how long that'll last, Pat? Until the first time you're 0-2 and somebody throws you a high fastball. That'll be right. the end of you not swinging at the high fastball. Oh, if only it were so. I wish him luck with that. I do too. I really like Pete Wiz. Um, of all of their aged prospects, like Rafael Ortega and Frank Schwindel, he's he's easily the most talented one. Right. But uh, there's a big hole there, <laughs> and teams didn't take teams very long to figure out where to throw it. Right. Right into the hole. Right. So. Um. That was another <laughs> another good thing I enjoyed from uh, the Cubs in camp was uh, so they signed Jonathan VR, um, presumably to um, 
be able to play second and a little bit of short and some third. And they've pretty much only been able to, to uh, play him a third in the spring. And they referred to it um, very gently as uh, he needs to work himself into shape. Hmm. Hmm. In other words, he's too fat to play second base or short stuff right now. <laughs> so we right. can't use him there. It's like, uh, it's you know, you gave him a physical, right? Right. Presumably there's a there's a scale in the room when you give the physical. I don't know what I don't I don't know what they're doing. Maybe the cub guys just check their teeth. <laughs> like, oh, it looks good to me. All right. It's a it's a dental physical. <laughs> you got a little I'm a little concerned. There's a little gingivitis back there in the mold, but otherwise, looks good. All right. <sighs> Doc, did you did you notice the limp? No. <laughs> Wasn't concerned about it either. Has your chew. right foot always done that? Is <laughs> it always bent inward that way? And Anderson Simmons is going to start the season on the injured list. Uh, he can't throw. Is that a problem right. for a shortstop? <laughs> Can he just run the ball over to first? <laughs> if every play was a double play, he could just shuffle it to second. I just, I can't overhand. Underhand, I'm good. All right, well, that's fine. Only field the ones <laughs> that you can just throw to second. Or maybe he just throws every ball to second, even if there's nobody It out. seemed like this injury, he came in with this injury. I guess it happened after he got to the Cubs, right? Or did he it happened right after, the camp? I'm sure it thing? happened right after his dental. <laughs> right. <laughs> he, heard it, he heard it flossing because he knew it was a dental <laughs> he physical. He did. They told, him, <laughs> they told him to work on his flossing, and 15 minutes later, they heard, ow! And he hasn't been able to play since. We know it's not from, uh, you know, like when I got vaccinated, my arm hurt. <laughs> yeah, I knew this was coming. We know that's not the issue with Andrelton. He's not he's not risking it. No, 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 I can hurt my arm. Uh, why aren't you playing? I hurt my arm. No, well, it seems like now would be a good time to double down. I saw somebody say, though, that they liked how Nico Horner was playing short. I wasn't sure that I believed it, but I saw it, and I, I can't, like, give you a source, but I read it. Yeah, I think um, I think Nico's arm might not quite be shortstop worthy. He's an excellent second baseman. Yeah, and the Cubs said, "Oh, he's such a good second baseman. Let's trade for Nick Madrigal." <laughs> so we, but honestly, given the uh, the normal health of those two, they're going to get eighty-one games out of both of them. Uh, they'll probably be the same yeah. eighty-one. That's the that'll be the problem. <laughs> they just both get hurt at the exact same time every time. Right. Uh, yeah, that I I bitched about it at the time. You know, the Cubs had. It's easy to easy to look back and think, well, you know, Craig Kimball really struggled with the White Sox, but he was pitching so well for the Cubs. He was a super valuable trade. Is it Chit? It's not Chip, right? It's yes. Trade chit. Yes. It, it was a, a chit. super yeah. valuable yes. Chit. And they ended up getting a four foot eight second baseman. And then uh, they got uh, Cody Hoyer, which doesn't spell it anywhere close to Jed, so they're not related. Right. Um, who actually was pretty good, but now he's caught caught Tommy John disease, so he's out uh, for right. the entire season. Didn't seem like I didn't feel like they maximized the return there. Now, well, that... part of it apparently, what maybe you were about to say is part of it was apparently Craig's daughter was sick and was her her doctor. She was going to. A, she was routinely having to go to a hospital. It was in Chicago, so if they trade him to the White Sox, 
they don't have, nothing has to change. White Sox immediately then said, go play for the Dodgers. <laughs> they got they got doctors in LA too, Craig. <laughs> they do pretty good ones. Heartless, the heartless, the heartless Reinsdorfs just sent them over there. So I don't know how much that had to do with it, but um, Andy, I had not heard the story. I did not know that about. Uh... It's because I just made it up. No, that's a that's a real thing. It was nice, you know. I mean, the, one of the things the Cubs under the Epstein Hoyer regime, uh, other than the fact that they were never allowed to pay the players, they were very nice to. Them. <laughs> Players, right. nobody bitches about the way they get treated by the Cubs, except for maybe. Well, not even what's his face, Chris Bryant. Oh, he wouldn't say shit if he had a mouthful. He's the nicest boy. Oh, he's nice, but I mean, I always got the feeling that he didn't like how things were going. Um, the Cubs pretty much lost him when they played the little service time shenanigans, yeah. and then when they doubled down and so and fought the grievance so hard. Which I don't think you could blame them for that. That was basically every other team is like, no, 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 no. You can't lose this yeah, grievance. Right. That's going to screw all of us. Right. And then they immediately gave it away in the next CBA. <laughs> you know that <laughs> thing that we made you fight for? Yeah, we're, we're not doing that anymore. What? 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 Oh. Um, no, but you, uh, you're, you, you're right that uh, Theo and Jed anyway, maybe not the, some well, of the Well, Theo did it. I mean, the, kids. the whole he, Mike Olt is, well, Mike Holt's much better defender than Chris Bryant, at least for a week. Go down there to Iowa, field a few bunts, then you'll be ready. We we had Cole uh, do some fielding drills. <laughs> yeah. with, uh... Cole rolled some balls to Chris, and then they'd say, he looks good to me. Oh, uh, I don't know. Cole likes to give every, not, and now it's, he gives nicknames to everybody. He yeah. uh, here's the thing he's trying to get going. I heard him drop it twice during the during the uh, preview show. The double play combination of Nick Madrigal, Nico Horner. He referred right. to it twice as. See if this makes any sense. Silky Sonic. <laughs> like I don't know what that is. I'm I'm trying to think of what to what he is referring. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't know. I. Silky Sonic. Silky Sonic. Smooth and who? fast, I guess. I think he was. I think he was literally talking about like their, them turning a double play. Just the action of them, uh, of these guys. It's like eh. Sonic is in fast. Silky is in smooth. I guess. Seems like a reach. Right. You know, I'm a Cub fan. Cub fans are not. We're not the brightest, and there's no way we're going to figure that out. So he might as well give that up right now. It's not going to catch on. There's lots of opportunities, though, for it to become a T-shirt of some kind. With well, the get in line behind the prospect pervert shirts. Those are the ones you're going to see all over. Now, I couldn't afford to do it for um, for opening day. So, But on yeah. Friday, I did work out a deal with the Cubs, and I bought prospect pervert shirts. Everybody in the bleachers is going to get them. The reason I can afford it is I've only sold eight bleacher tickets <laughs> for Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you saw the thing online where um, you can get you can get uh, pretty much any any ticket you want for game two for about nine bucks. <laughs> Things are going great, <laughs> Tom. Glad you saved money on the payroll because the fans are impressed. No, that's uh, that's not what you want. But that but then again, that always used to happen, right? In the old days, where people would get oh, excited about the opening day yeah. and then. Um, and then, you know, 3,000 people, Lee Elia. 
all that. Um, for at least two of the years I was in, two of the eight years I was in college, um, <clears throat> we went to what was referred to as the old style opener. And what that one was, mm. <clears throat> game two, you know, you get the sellout crowd for game one. Game two, right. you shoot a cannon off in Wrigley and you wouldn't hit anybody. Old style would buy up a bunch of tickets and give them away. And all you had to do was they'd run an ad in the trib. You just filled out a thing sent in, and you got they were given their first I don't know twelve thousand people that sent things and got two free tickets. That is a great that's great viral marketing of the day, yeah, man. They called that's it the awesome. old style opener. I still refer to it as the old style opener, even though I'm yes. the only one who knows what it is. And everybody looks at me like, just please stop doing it. Um. So yeah, that that had been a thing until they actually got good, right. and then couldn't get tickets. I mean, people like wanted to go, and that, this is especially troubling. This is not game two. This is right. this is a this is a Friday against the Brewers. Right. It's supposed to this is supposed to be a big crowd. Yes. And it's probably going to be. Whether it be it's Brewer fans, it's like nine bucks. I we can hop in the manure spreader, Grandma. We're driving down to the city, and we're going to go. <laughs> we're going to see the Brewers play. Lakeshore Drive. So that's not great. But yeah, so anybody, if you go there, you're going to get a Prospect Pervert shirt and sit in the bleachers. It's going to be great. <laughs> so you were telling me before we went on that you you made your season predictions and you actually did. You did a spreadsheet to make sure that the wins and losses for the entire season balanced. I did. Very I, I take care that way. Thank you. Well, actually, I, I went on. T- this is talk about half-assed, but I went on Twitter and like, is there an app or a site that does this where you can predict your? And it probably is. I didn't Google hard enough to find it. Um, so I'm like, oh, I'll just I ask people on Twitter, like, hey, is there anything? And they're like, no, but that's a great idea. You know, is there a, a website where you can go in and you know put all the records? Because usually, people when people make the or me anyway, when I make the records and do predictions and I make it to see if it adds up, it doesn't. And it's woefully off. Um, so I don't want to get anybody coming after me later saying, Oh, this is impossible because there are too many games or that doesn't, you know, not enough wins and losses. So, yes. So who did you, I did. Who did you pick? I'm going to, I'm sure, I'm sure I don't know. Who did you pick to win the national league central division? You're not really going to like it. Well, I picked the Cardinals. God damn And it. I didn't I, – oh, I picked sorry, is that it. <laughs> I, I'm not actually all that imp- overly impressed with the Cardinals, but I was, I was looking at the teams that I was picking, and I'm like, you know, th- it's not all going to end up like last year. There's going to be some teams. There's going to be surprises. And I, I didn't have enough of, of an imagination. So I, I thought, you know, it would be kind of a, a cool story for – people who are neutral about the Cardinals are like them anyway, is if Albert Potato, Pujols, and Adam Wainwright, and uh, Yahtzee Molina all went out in a pennant contender, maybe, you know, a, a division winner kind of a team. And uh, so I, I have them winning the NL Central by a game over the Brewers. So with 90, going 92 and 70, I, I the Brewers... Uh, I'm uh, worried about Christian Yelich never hitting any balls over the infield again. And uh, they have some, they still have some issues there on the offensive side. So um, 
great pitchers, Corbin Burns, you mentioned him, but if like everything goes right for the Cardinals, I could see them maybe eking out the division. Okay, we've hit the Cardinals with the division, so uh, that'll do it for this edition of the um, – <laughs> I do think it's I, – I really uh, – I'm impressed with the Brewers' attempt to uh, win a division without scoring any runs. I think that's – it's noble. Are they just counting on Willie Adamas to hit, like, you know – I like, I like that because he's on my fantasy team. games again? What I think Willie was playing in a ballpark, Tampa uh, – Tropicana Field, where no one can see anything, and that's why you get to Milwaukee. Yeah, and you get to Milwaukee and weird. Weird bat – the lights come out on the scoreboard to let you know when it's going to be a fastball, which that's <laughs> got to help. So maybe they, they have some inside dope on that, but um, yeah. I'm, I'm so, sure it's a coincidence that the Christian Yellick, the power numbers went away just about the time that the secret coded lights on the scoreboard also disappeared. I'm sure it was, that wasn't really maybe. a thing. I mean, he's <laughs> got like a back problem, but that's maybe this cover story for this uh, business with the lights. So. Well, he, he broke his kneecap. You know, he was he was maybe going to win his second consecutive MVP late yeah. that season. Fouled a ball off his knee, broke it, and he really hadn't been worth a damn ever since. They gave him that signed contract that huge extension contract. after that. Yes, they did. After that, it's the uh, the uh, I think Pat Williams said it though. I don't think he was still with the Magic at the time. But uh, remember when Grant Hill? You know, all of a sudden, all those big guys were free agents, and the Bulls were sending Benny the Bull in a band to the airport. <laughs> It really wasn't really wasn't working, but Grand Hill signed with the Magic, and Pat Williams said, "I think the lesson we learned was uh, never sign a guy to a huge contract when he's wearing a cast." <laughs> Grant had had his had his first of many foot surgeries and was literally came in on crutches with a cast to sign his huge contract, and Pat said, "Yeah, maybe we wouldn't do that," and that's kind of what the Brewers did with Yellick, and they signed yeah. him before they had to. He wasn't a free agent; they bought out a at least one arbitration year. They were so far down the road with it. They're like, well, no, of course, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. What what, right. what, what possibly could happen? Well, this. this well, is he can't hit a fastball anymore, apparently. That's what can happen. Other than that, he's fine. So that's too bad. So, and then uh, I don't think the Brewers, like, have spent a dime since that. And maybe I wouldn't either. But ever since they paid him, they, they really haven't gone out of their way to pay anybody else very much. Well, they fixed their offense with uh, Andrew McCutcheon. As they signed, here's what they did, though. They're really smart. It's David Stern, smart guy. He signed 2018 Andrew McCutcheon. People don't know that. <laughs> they think, thought he signed 2020. No, no, no. Went back at least they four years. They replaced the lights and the scoreboard with a time machine. Yep. I, he'll be fine. Adamas will be fine. But they have some, I mean, I, you, Colton Wong is every other year kind of a guy. And uh I don't know. Rowdy Tellez. Am I excited about Rowdy Tellez? I'm not that excited about Rowdy Tellez. Honestly. honestly, I think they just they signed they they traded for Rowdy right last year. They I think did. they traded for him just because they thought the fans would think it's cool to have a guy named Rowdy playing first base. For right. Them. Like, oh, it doesn't. Matter oh, it's time to get Ra- Rowdy's up. It's time to get Rowdy. <laughs> it doesn't matter if he sucks. His name is Rowdy. The fans will love it. Just keep as long as there's cheese, the fans will be fine. Um. I was a Brewer season ticket holder for two years. I don't know if you knew that. The first two years of Miller I didn't. Park. Bought one of those 20 game packages. A friend of mine and I, we bought it. And because it's from here, it's really easy to zip up to Miller Park. Yes. And we just picked the one that had the most Cub games in it. And um, 
they make this big deal up there about <laughs> the uh, special sauce that you put yes. on your bride. Yes. Oh, you have you, you, It's like, well, that's ketchup and Worcestershire sauce. How is that <laughs> special sauce? Which you know, Bud's been hiding the recipe for forty years, locked in a briefcase in his office. It's like, no, it's it's ketchup and Worcestershire sauce. I hate to break it to you, but that's that's what it is. Um, well, they didn't know that you could that, that people like you could deconstruct. Yeah, you know. two ingredients. It's very difficult. <laughs> um, did you have, did you pick the Cubs to finish third or fourth? Or fourth. Fifth? Um, so you picked the Reds. I picked the Reds. I, I still think the Reds. Uh, I mean, so, the Reds have a couple of rookie starters in the rotation, but of course, you know they still have Luis Castillo and. Um, Tyler is it Tyler or Trevor? I Tyler. always get those names mixed up. Molly, Mal, Molly, Molly, Molly. Who they're probably going to trade? So you know, but I I don't have the the Reds or the Cubs winning more than seventy something games. So um, the Cubs could finish ahead of the Reds. I know they'll finish ahead of the Pirates. Everybody will finish ahead of the Pirates. Um, but yeah, I got the Reds. Cubs and then the Pirates with 113 losses. Mm. Picking fourth. <laughs> picking fifth. <laughs> yeah, picking fourth in the draft because they uh, got we a bad it. deal on the. We did it. We got. We lost the most games. What? What? Oh, uh, draft what? Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> I'm sure we'll win it. It'll be fine. Um. Now I. Uh, well, I hate the Cardinals, so I wouldn't pick them anyway. I do think the Brewers will still outlast them. Um, I just, I think, I th- I know there are people, especially Cub fans, who are worried that the uh, Albert Pujols, that the, you know, they'll be rejuvenated just enough to be annoying and make a run of 700 homers before he finally quits. Um, I feel like the we already saw the death rattle, and that was his competence for a while against left-handed pitching for the Dodgers. Yeah, I think that was it. I think that was well. The, I don't think that was the dead cat bounce for Albert. It would be. <laughs> it would be. Uh, I'm trying. I'm. You know the you know the personal situation with Albert. Yes. It it. Uh, he's, I, uh, he's the second St. Louis Cardinal now to have uh, filed for divorce while his wife was undergoing cancer treatments. The other right. one eventually played for the Cubs. Yeah, John it was. Uh, that's right. I remember that one too. I feel like this is one of those things where, I mean, he made he came out and made a statement about it. I I wasn't wondering anything about it, but you know, I don't follow the the pool. But what if it was the closely. opposite? What if it was because she came out of the procedure, <clears throat> got the tumor taken out of her brain, and looked and said, "All right, buddy, no, we're done." Maybe it was right. her. He sa- said, uh, "Go away." He says he filed he filed a divorce. I read that somewhere. <clears throat> I thought I thought the what you thought just now the first time, but <clears throat> and it does <clears throat> bug me a little bit because this is like one of those things that isn't any of our business. But at the same time, like I said, Albert came out with a statement, so yeah, well, it's kind of like that the gives uh, us, uh, you know, Cubs. We the right went, to talk about it. The Cubs went through it with uh, <clears throat> Ben Zobrist and and uh, yeah, his uh, Christian rockstar wife. Yeah. And her uh, little hanky-panky with the pastor. And we knew about that because Ben, basically, his side issued a statement. 
saying what happened. So, um, I don't know why this was a thing, but on uh, Twitter yesterday, somebody decided to replay one of my favorite World Series moments of all time. It was after the Giants won the World Series in Kansas City. And Madison Bumgarner is being given the truck that he has won for uh, being the World Series MVP. And the poor, stammering guy from Chevy is trying to get through and talking about it. This truck has the latest technology and stuff. And he can't find the keys for a little bit. Finally realizes they're in his pocket. Somebody just decided to play that. It's, it's, it's never not entertaining. But what it reminded me of was then the two years later, the only time I've ever seen a World Series MVP genuinely be excited about winning the car was Ben Zobrist. You would have thought he was on the prices right and had guessed had guessed within a thousand dollars and won both showcases. He was so excited. It's like, yeah, I know, I'm a, I'm a I'm a baseball legend for life because I got the winning hit in the World Series for the Cubs. But honestly, look, it's a Camaro. Much this is a much bigger deal. It's the coolest thing I've ever seen. It's like, Ben, calm down. I don't know if I can follow that up with uh, uh, as good of a story, but moving over to the other uh, AL Central, I was in the, I'm a, based out of Kansas City, and today they brought Bobby Witt to the room, and he told a story. He told, he seems like, he seems like, you know, we don't know these people, but he seems like a good guy. You read about him, and, and people go, this is the best kid ever, and he's, a good learner and nice and all that stuff and a great talent. And he was like, I got so excited today because I went to Starbucks and somebody came up to me and wanted to do a selfie and it was great. And it was, I was, and he seemed to be genuine about it. And it was, it was funny to see, you know, cause you know, at some point maybe yeah. it will change and they'll be like ah, more, you know, someone else is coming up to me now. I, I just want to, you know, a, a coffee or whatever but he was so excited about it so he's into you know your story about ben zobrist and the camaros you know it's cool to have fans sometimes yep. it's not all whatever so that that just reminded me of that so so uh who do you, who do you have winning the al central i would assume uh the white Sox. oh yeah i don't think i got them winning with about the same amount of wins as last year I've got the Twins coming back and uh, being somewhat competitive, but not winning the division. The Tigers being a little better than last year and finishing over 500. Which one the of Royals those teams finishes do you think a little has under? Which one of those teams do you think has the best Torkelson? <laughs> he gave another. He that was another earnest interview, and yeah. I don't mean like the Hey Vern kind of earnest, but like he, he was like they uh, did the thing where they you know, are we sending you to the minors or whatever? And they videotaped it. And he was, he just, he came off as very grateful for the opportunity, which it was just, you know, it's, uh, it's before these guys turn uh, cynical and, and all that, it's nice to see them be excited about, you know, being baseball players. And it's, you know, it's, was, was that the I one still, where, was that the one where he talked about how he got, he, AJ Hinch called him into the office. Yeah. And Miguel Tejada was there. Uh, not they, Tejada, uh, Cabrera. Or Cabrera. I'm sorry. Just like I called uh, um, uh, Wilmer Flores uh, Wilton Ramos last week because I'm because oh, okay. I'm usually drunk when we're doing this. Um, yes, future Hall of Famer uh, Miguel Cabrera uh, was yes. in the room with AJ Hinch, and AJ's explained to Spencer. Well, we think you've got some things to work on in defense, but we think you're pretty blah blah yeah. blah blah blah. And the whole thing was, and then he, 
Uh, they said, well, you know, well you're, get ready. You're going to be the everyday first baseman. So he gets all excited. And he's like, well, the coolest thing was that there's Miggy, and he was perfectly fine with me playing first base. And I just thought, <laughs> oh, I think he's more than fine with you playing first base. Right. Oh. What would Miggy rather do, sit on his ass and get four or five at-bats or have to go stand out there and play first? I think he's fine, Spencer. Yes. Yes, he's more than happy to let you uh, you take the reins there. I think in a roundabout way where, you know, the, the torch has been passed from a Ben Zobrist to a Torkelson and a, a Bobby Witt. And it's uh, the, the games and still has some, you know, OG gosh kind of dudes. And that's good for because uh, you know, everything's so cynical and, and maybe it should be. But it's it's good that not everybody's like, like that. I just like to see that um, there are teams that have guys like that and they're not, um, you know, 30 years old. <laughs> You know, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I don't want to speak ill of Frank or Pat or Rafi or any of the, but it's like, you know, we're being sold this, that the Cubs are busy trying to build the next great Cub team. And uh, it's like, well, you're off to a fine start. Yeah. You know, if you ask uh, Wisdom or Schwindel about their first major league experience, it's like, yeah, being told about being called up. Yeah. I was in Walgreens getting some Geritol and. (laughs) And some depends, and uh, they're, they're was, like, "Hey, <laughs> I was a little out of it because I just gotten my colonoscopy, <laughs> but I guess great news." <laughs> right. Uh. So I figure the White Sox will win the division, and uh, despite their injuries and and whatnot. But um, so, what did you think of the uh, Craig Kimbrell for AJ Pollock trade? I thought it was – I was kind of surprised that the, the White Sox got as good of a player as they did given the, the hand that they played themselves into mm-hmm. with picking up – I mean, they had to pick up his option, I guess, to trade him. Otherwise, he would have been a free agent. But um, it, it also s- sort of signaled like they kind of at the same time like, well, we have to trade this guy, and that couldn't have done much for leverage. But uh, uh, Pollock is a really good hitter, kind of underrated. He can hit right-handed, left-handed pitching just as well. Uh, his contract, I think he's got a, there's a mutual option for next year, something like that. But it's, it's, those are usually both declined. He can go if he wants, and if he stays, it isn't that much money. So, uh, you know, from those baseball, you know, analytics standpoint, it's good. And he's not an ideal right fielder. He hasn't played much right field in his career. But he, I think he can go get the ball. I, you know, throwing guys out the plate, he's got a his arms a little below average, um, you know, and it's for an outfielder, much less a right fielder. So that part isn't great, but I think his range is okay. It's better range than um, Andrew Vaughn flopping around <laughs> out there or, or uh, Gavin Sheets yeah. or whatever. And You could have played Vaughn and Sheets in right, and they would have covered less ground. Oh, they would have run into each other a lot. That, that would have been the issue. That would be a great idea if they could get away with it. But And, <clears throat> I, you know, some people are like, oh, maybe they should have played Adam Engel. Adam Engel's good defense and has turned himself into a competent hitter in his late twenties. Uh, he'd make a good Cubs prospect in that, yep. at that rate. Oh, yeah. uh, but, um, you know, but he's get him on the waiver wire. injury prone over. too. So, well, that would right. see, that's my thing with AJ is, yeah, he's, he's a really nice player in the 80 games that he'll be available. He's just, hopefully it's the right ones. And the White Sox have a bad history of their outfielders just running into things in the outfield. Eloy <laughs> is still trying to get himself out of the net in left. Yes. And poor AJ, he'd probably get caught in the net and right. It'll be, I don't know, 
Well, and Luis Robert is uh, is competent and uh, or better, and he's you know he'll hurt his he'll blow his hip out or something. So, um, yeah, I mean that. So right between like the games that um, Adam Engel will miss and AJ Pollock will miss, maybe they can cobble enough together to have a, a decent right fielder out of there. Out of now that, you so. know if they, I understand why they didn't do this. They needed a right fielder. You, you're going to try and sell Jason Hayward. There's one. I know what you're going to do. 8.1 miles away. I mean, come on. It's a perfect fit. I'm sure the Cubs could convince Jason to waive his 10-5 right score to the White Sox. It's only 8 miles, over that. right? Probably, you could probably get uh, probably get Eloy and Dylan Cease back. You could, well, send Kimbrell back. That's what it would have been. So Yeah, that would have been fine. How much? How many more years to go on that contract? Two. For, uh, we can see the end of the light. The, the, there's light at the end of the tunnel, and uh, it's, it's been a train for a very long time. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. That's it. Doesn't make any sense that he's still a cub. Um, and then the whole idea. Well, if you paying him too much to let him go, you're paying him regardless. Yeah, he's no good. And the thing he used, to, the thing he could do. When he couldn't hit, he can't really do anymore. And especially now they're moving him to center where he's worse. Yeah. So it's not it's not ideal. Um but he's um I think I think David Ross would throw himself in front of a bus to try to keep Jason Hayward on his roster. I mean they were yeah. They've been pals forever and then of course the story about how Hayward gets a suite on the road in his contract in his whole first year he let grandpa Rossi have the suite and and we already know from you know so Ross was brought in supposedly had to get away from Joe Madden as fast as possible you know, accidentally won a World Series <laughs> and um, because the locker room was just too laid back and the Cubs really didn't have um, didn't really have once Ross left they didn't really have anybody in that locker room who was willing to get in other guys faces and hold them accountable for stuff Mm-hmm. There's always this impression, right, that Anthony Rizzo was the captain. He was the leader. But personality-wise, he's not a guy who's going to get on anybody. So right. they, they need to get a guy like Ross, bring him back in, so that he could, you know, do the yelling and stuff. And he, he comes back, and he did. He benched Schwarber for not for floundering after a ball um, his first year. And then in the second year, he took Javi out of a game. And after he did that, Wilson basically called the whole team out. Said, nobody here's playing hard. Everybody's distracted. Everybody's worried about something else. we gotta get got to get our stuff together. And Ross responded by publicly saying Wilson shouldn't <laughs> say stuff like that. And Wilson, has, since that moment, is basically like, well, fuck this then. What the hell? Yeah. You know, you don't do it. You're supposed to be the one who does it, so I do it, and then I get yelled at because right. I yelled at your at your pals, Chris and KB, or they're both the same guy, Chris and Rizzo. <laughs> yeah, Rizzo. So I do think there's kind of a sense of you know, well, he's I the narrative is somehow they already got the narrative. Well, they need him to play center so he can help Saya kind of adjust. No, Saya doesn't need an old slow guy playing next to him in the outfield. He's saying knows what he's doing. He's fine. It wasn't billiards over there in Japan. That's right. baseball. This game was somewhat similar. <laughs> the next thing will be, well, when we bring Brennan Davis up, Jason's going to need to be his mentor. To that, I would say, 
um, old leaders who can't play, there is a term for them. It's coach. It starts with a C. Yeah. You don't need a $24 million outfielder to teach that guy that stuff. At least not one who can't play. He might as well go make his money doing something else. Um, but they do not seem, you know, they're, and I, there are Cub fans right now who are all, oh my God, what if they, ex-, you know, the, the roster spot that he's taken up, what if they lose Rafael Ortega or Michael Hermosillo because of that? And it's like, well, I got news for you. Neither one of them are really in the plans for the future either. It's not about that you might lose a fringe big leaguer. It's just, what's the, what's the point? Why are we, get, why are we still giving a bass to this guy? I just don't get it. But I bet you well, you mentioned uh, – no, I hadn't noticed that. Hmm. Um, well, the Angels cut Justin Upton with one year to go, yep. on, uh, $28 million. Dollars. I'm sure Tom Ricketts noticed that too. I was like, oh, you can do that? Yeah, that seems like <laughs> a bad idea. It seems like bad business. So maybe next spring – yeah, you I get just, your wish. I, I I would guess. I would think they're probably willing to eat a year of it. Um, but they're like you said, they're already eating all of it. Yeah, it's. I mean, these guys are supposedly. I mean, this is instructive of the fact that the Ricketts, their their dad, is the business person. Yeah, he's the one who built the business. He's the one who made all the money. They they're just the, you know, the fail sons and daughter. Um who they've never really been responsible for any of this kind of stuff. Maybe they're literally not. I know they all, they most of them went to University of Chicago. Maybe they didn't, maybe they never talked about sunk costs at University of Chicago business school. I don't know, but they do not appear to be uh, familiar with it. So I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, so we got back on that, but we'd already talked about the uh, the National League Central. Um, what about the National League West? Out West, they got the Dodgers winning 100 games. I have them as the only 100-game winner. And uh, How many games do again, you have the, I, how many games do you have the Giants winning? 87. All right. And I also have, speaking of like things that are unlikely, I have the Padres winning 87 games too. I don't I don't know how that's going to happen. But I figure maybe with the new manager and some better luck, they're still a pretty decent team. Uh, they'll get Tatis back sometime in uh, June. Um, I figure the, the Giants will 
I mean, that's actually 20 games of regression now that I'm yeah. doing the math. The over-under, um, but the over-under on the Giants, for people who pay attention to such things, is 85 and a half. Wow. Which I'm absolutely going so to I, bet. I'm betting that over. Yeah, I would too. I think now, I'm, I'm kind of low there with 87 wins, but... I'm a um, little bit biased. That'll get you that, done. But. In that when the when the Cubs season went to shit last year, I decided I needed to find a team that I was going to root for. And it became very difficult because I don't care for the American League. Um... And then most teams in the National League I hate. So, but I did find kind of a sweet spot with the Giants for a number of reasons. Number one, I really like their announcers. I like uh, Dwayne Kuyper and Mike Ruko. I think they're yes. the, I think they're the best pair. And I'm not going to go get gooey about them now because I talked about them. I remember this crap forever about how amazing it is that Kuyper is a former major leaguer, but sounds like he was born to be a baseball. Announcer. He does. He has like he the does. perfect. He's voice got the voice. He's got the. So I really like them. It's a cool looking park. If you have to watch park <laughs> games were on late, I could watch. I could. Well, I could try to stomach as much of the Cub game as I could if they were on at night, and then just give up and you know, just watch a game from lovely whatever it is, whatever telephone company it is now. I guess it's Oracle. Um, yes, they have cool uniforms. Although I'm not a fan of those stupid fog ones they wear on Tuesdays. <laughs> um, they made a history of knocking the Cardinals out of the playoffs, which I'm very much, sure. I'm very much appreciative of that. Uh, and then they went out and they, they got Chris Bryant. So that was kind of fun. So I watched a lot of Giants games and still uh, plan to do that. So I'm a little biased, but I just, to me, the 85 just feels like way too much of a drop off. Um, yeah. So it seems like easy though... money, which means they'll win 80 games. Right. Yeah, uh, my prediction seems low, but you know, with the the, the betting guys, usually kind of know what they're you're talking about. They're talking about, but um, yeah, I think they're probably going to win about ninety games. So well, I don't I'm have to tell you, Mister Bally Sports, uh, sure. Expert. But the thing about those numbers is, those are not a prediction about how many games someone is going to right. win. That is a they're trying to find the sweet spot number to get people to bet on both sides. That's right. But still, it seems low, though. I mean, they must feel like I, there is an appetite for people to bet under the Giants, and so they wanted to drop that number enough so that it wasn't an easy win for people. People had to yeah. think, and they'll get money on both sides. Assuming that Carlos Rodon's shoulder is okay, he should be good. He should be as good as Gosman was last year. Logan Webb's a really good pitcher. Yep. The other guys, uh, you know, Alex Wood's got a funny delivery, and Alex Cobb, for some reason, is throwing 98 miles an hour. Nobody knows why. And I forget the other guy. Um, but they're like middle of the – slightly above middle of the road. And Anthony DiSclefani. Anthony uh, DiSclefani hey. over by Melrose. Uh, but and they have a lot of relief pitchers. They do. Like good, you know, good back-of-the-bullpen guys, but also really decent middle guys. That Farhan, their, their GM, is one of the smarter guys. So. Right. I mean, the case you would you know. make against them is uh, Buster's gone. Yes. And that's a, they didn't really replace him. They replaced him with Joey Bart, who could be good, but still, he's not going to be Buster. I have uh, a son named Joey Bort. That's a Simpsons <laughs> reference. Yes, it is. Uh, the, uh, the thing with Posey is why I think I wrote about I wrote about the Giants in the preview and put a little bit more than just the record in there, saying he's kind of the soul of the, you know, and, and Crawford and um, – and um, Brandon and, Bell and the captain, uh, you know, Brandon Bell. Yes, with the with the electric and, and him not being there is going to be a big. 
not not having Posey around, even if Bart is okay, I think is going to be a big deal. And I think that's where a lot of my this is my rationalization for picking them to win 78, 87 games. So he's that he's not going to be there. He's a great player. He's one of the best players of his generation. So and that's just nothing to sneeze at. The Giants are good at at, at filling in and and bringing in guys that you wouldn't expect, you know, but Posey's a great talent and that's gone. Yeah. So I think that's going to be a big thing that they haven't replaced. Right. Well, there's a concern. They, they really, they beat up on lefties last year, especially once they got, it didn't hurt getting Chris Bryant, but they right. don't have Bryant. They don't have Posey. Um, and they, instead of getting a right-handed hitting outfielder, they got Jock. And, right. Uh, Jock, as Cub fans will tell you, is not going to help you uh, at all when a left-handed pitcher pitches against you. Right. Also, Jock is really not going to get a hit until October. They call it Jocktober <laughs> right. for a reason. That's when he saves up all his hits. So Right. Sort of a jerk timber and a, I can't think of any more puns. But so now, um, now Jock is a Bay Area native who was a, you probably know this because you know all this stuff. He was a football star. I've seen some video. Yes, he was a wide receiver and the other wide, wide receiver. receiver on his team who he caught more touchdown passes than was former Packer and current Raider Devontae Adams. That's insane. He was a better high school football wide receiver than all-pro Devontae Adams. All-pro, like, the, and probably the best receiver in the league. Yes. So. And it's not that Devontae wasn't good in high school. He was good. <laughs> right, right. Jock was just really good. Those kind of story, I get into those kind of stories. That's a, sort of an extreme example, but thinking back to when everybody played high school and who else was on the team, and yeah, you know, yeah, we had Wilt Chamberlain playing second base and stuff like that. It's that was he. I don't think he played baseball. <laughs> I was just making that up. But when stuff like that happens, that's amazing to me. What that must have been like to see, and like, it makes me think. Jock's had a very good career, but why isn't he a little better? You know, why, you know, why isn't he, why did Devontae Adams turn into the best receiver in football and, and Jock turned into, you know, one of the 75 best outfielders or something like that? Well, you know, Jock had a really good World Series, not just for the Braves last year, but for the Dodgers two years ago, but he almost wasn't on the team. He got traded to the Angels. Remember that right. trade, got, then, the trade yes. got canceled because somebody, I forget, it was somebody flunked a physical. The only reason Jock was still I, on the team. That's right. That's a, that's a good anecdote, too. I like those. So while we're out West, what do you think about the American uh, League West? I think it's okay. No, it's um, I think uh, going back to Posey leaving um, the Giants, I think not having Correa. Correa had a great year last year. He was healthy. You know, his back wasn't bothering him. He was probably the best defensive player in the league or maybe in the infield last him year. Him and Frank and we're one, two. Of course. But Schwindel, I don't think, had you, enough innings to qualify. I think that's why. I think Carlos won it on a technicality. You know, that's, uh, yeah, the platinum glove or whatever. I, I, that's how I remember it, too. Well, here's the um, thing about Frank. He won the platinum glove, and he's actually using it. <laughs> that's a problem. Plank. Yep. So I think not – I still have the Astros winning, but it wouldn't surprise me, I guess, if the Mariners – nobody's picking the Mariners to win, but – they're picking them to go to the playoffs, and I am too. I have them second. Um, but because the Astros, sort of like the Giants, but in a different way, have stupid depth. You know, they have a lot of good uh, 
decent players. They're bringing up Jeremy Pena, who's a decent prospect to play shortstop. And if he does well, then they'll get something out of that. You figure Alex Bregman will, uh, if he's he's got his wrist healthy now, he'll be better than before. Jordan Alvarez, MVP candidate. Um, and they, they have lots of, you know, they, they have some issues with the Lance McCullers arm not being right, but they still have depth of really good, you know, I don't know about like playoff pitchers, but they got guys that'll get you through 162 games. So I figured they'll win 95. So here's my, I, voiced, I, I think I wrote this second, or maybe I just opined to myself and then I think I wrote it. Um, here's the thing I'd worry about if I were the Astros and, um, it's you just said his name and I can't think of it. It's Jeremy Pena is that his name? Jeremy, yes. yes. Jeremy Pena. Um, they also have Aledmus Diaz on their roster, and they have Dusty. And as a, <laughs> as a form as a as a fan of the Cubs, my whole life, who went through four years of Dusty, if you can find a half-assed vet that he can play in a spot over a talented youngster, he will do it. And I so what you're saying is Jeremy Pena is going to get about three pitches. Well, I, here's what I think might ha- here's what I think might have to happen. So in 2003, Dusty would not stop playing Lenny Harris at third base. He just <laughs> yeah. kept it. Lenny didn't want to do it. Lenny Lenny would walk, see the lineup card in the in the clubhouse, and go, "Oh fuck, I got to play again. I, I'm just supposed to pinch hit, Dusty. What a bat! That's right. what I need. What a bat! I don't need all this. I don't need to bend over, try to pick up ground balls. Google to the me, point Dusty. Where I'm known for that. You know, the Cubs eventually solved third for a very long time with a trade for Aramis Ramirez later in the season. Jim Hendry released Lenny Harris. It was the yeah. only way he could get Dusty to stop playing him. He had to literally take him off the team. Lenny ended up playing for the Marlins <laughs> against the Cubs in the playoffs. <laughs> and I was sure he was going to get, like, the hit that won. I'm like, oh, God. Right. And he didn't. But it was everybody else did. Um, <laughs> That's true. They didn't miss it. But. So they had to literally, I remember at the time, they would have to dusty-proof the roster. Because he's just, you know, oh, Lenny's a professional hitter. <laughs> yeah, Lenny, Lenny hasn't field, successfully fielded a ground ball at third base in six years. Just ask him. He'll tell you. So I really worry about that a little bit. And I realize this is, this is Dusty in pure, I just got to win a World Series. I will do right. whatever anybody tells me. I'm just, I'm, do you think he's still going to wear the surgical gloves in the dugout? I'm sure he will. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I would. Yes, I mean it's you know toothpick, wristbands, uh, not and then mask, which is fine. Surgical gloves. That seemed a little like dusty. I think we pretty much debunked relatively early on. Uh, you're not going <laughs> right. to get COVID from touching things. You don't no. need the black surgical gloves. Oh, they look cool. Well, they don't, but that's fine. Whatever. I remember a couple of times uh, taking a, a spray bottle to my mail. And I didn't need to do that. I remember. I remember washing groceries for a couple of weeks. <laughs> yes, washing a bag of chips. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, wiping them down. Dusty uh, does not lack for accessories, though. You you are correct. He does not. All right. Um, and then I got the I got the Angels finishing five hundred, oh, yeah. which is not going to be good for Shohei. He wanted them to add some talent, and uh, and they didn't really do that. A whole lot of that. So they're uh, going to be mediocre again. Oh, probably. excuse me. Sign Ryan Tapera. If that doesn't put sure. you over, if that doesn't put you over, I don't know what does. Well, their bullpen was horrendous. Yes, it so. was. They do have, they seem to have actually given Joe somewhat of a useful bullpen. Yes. And they have the wild card of whatever you you're going to get out of Noah Syndergaard. Who yeah, had his arm put back together, and 
it means nothing, but was like unhittable in spring training. Now there have been right. plenty of guys who were unhittable in spring training who then end April with a nine point eight ERA. Um, and I think the thing you'd worry about with Syndergaard wouldn't be April and May. It would be is there anything left in August and September? Given right, he also caught the Tommy John disease. He um, did. But yeah, I mean, it's, did you know he has a book club? Did you know he has a book club? Noah Syndergaard. I did not. I know that he's I'm what, in it. one of the. You're in his book club. What are you guys reading? Uh-huh. I forgot. Uh, I, I have to look. I have you to look at my notes. The, you haven't done the work. I haven't done the work. No, I just get into it for the discussion, and it was kind of interesting. And I always kind of uh, look for motivations to read something that isn't like a baseball related. I'm usually reading just about baseball. It's crazy. So it's funny and, you bring uh, that up because I'm going to bore people. Yeah. With. Uh Over the pandemic, um, th- I found on Nerdist.com they had a book club, and so I had never read Dune. And I knew that the yeah. um, I knew the movie was coming out, right. and I thought yeah, that was probably a pretty good time to read Dune, and I can read along. It's a they had a book club, and you just you know they basically they get gave you a number of chapters to read, and then this book club they were doing it every week a new YouTube video, but it was long gone. So I could just at my own pace I could read this stuff and then watch the next video and then you know, mm-hmm. read whatever. And for whatever reason I had never read Dune because I'd always heard how like hard it is to read. I didn't find that at all. I mean, hmm. yeah, there's crazy. He like he makes up like a kind of a language that's based on like you know what you speak in the but in like the Middle East of our Earth, but yeah. not that much. And there's really just a few terms you need to figure out. And I plowed right through that thing. And I, I credit mm-hmm. that to the fact that I could then I could read a few chapters and I could listen to people talk intelligently about it. And I'd be like, oh, right. well, I guess I did completely misunderstand that. <laughs> and then go on and read some more. So the thing I like about Noah is he's he's a genuinely entertaining Twitter follower for an athlete. He is, and those are hard, few and far between. He's uh yeah he's he's clever and funny and it doesn't seem like he takes himself too seriously. He and... is he is on Twitter what Marcus Stroman thinks he is. <laughs> Marcus Stroman I'm is starting not. to feel that. Marcus Stroman is it's gonna it's there there's disaster. Is somewhere around the corner because right now he he's pi- he's he's good pitcher. He and he yes. better stay good. But he is super sensitive, and Cub fans are not. I mean, he got into it with Met fans to the point he's still pissed at the Mets. I'm like, buddy, it's the same thing here. Right. It's, you know, one outing where you go three innings, give up six runs, and and it only takes like mild criticism of him to just have him lose his shit. So, right. It's it's. It's not going to go well, I don't think. That doesn't so mean he won't up. have a successful run with the Cubs, but there's going to be there's right. going to be there's going to be social media angst that doesn't need to happen, but it's going to happen. He's probably going to quit. He's, or Twitter, I mean, you know, or, yeah, or the Cubs. It could happen. Yes. So the book, uh, if you want to read what Noah Syndergaard yeah. is reading these days, "Barbarian Days: A Surfing Life" by William Finnegan. Hmm. That's the book for this month, and a lot of times he'll talk to the author and uh, put a little interview together. And uh, it's uh, just kind of a neat thing. I'm currently reading comedy, 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 drama by Bob Odenkirk. Oh, it's very funny. As you would, that sounds good. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, he's, you know, he's one of the funniest guys around and he's an excellent writer. So it's a lot of fun. 
And he hasn't even got to the part where he hasn't even moved in with Conan across from Wrigley, <laughs> which is going to happen. So, um, all right. So we did the West. We did the Central. I guess that leaves the the East. Right. Uh, let's start with the American League East. In the American League East, I have the Blue Jays winning. I mixed it up a little bit. I think they'll win 99 games. Uh, mm. Some of it, that will be uh, due to uh, the Yankees and Red Sox not being able to bring all their players to Toronto because they don't have shots. Um, and the, the Red Sox win in 91 games, so pretty comfortable win, kind of like the Rays last year. The Rays uh, getting in the playoffs with 89 wins, and the Yankees missing the playoffs by a game with 88 and then the Orioles going 50 and 112 to make it all balance. Do you have in your predictions at any point the uh, Rays finally trading Kevin Kiermeyer to the Cubs? Now, if you know this, did you know that his brother Dan is the head groundskeeper for the Cubs? That's the same. I didn't know that. And I, I've all along figured that the Cubs are going to figure out at some point if they trade for Kevin, they can also get – he not only can play center field, he could mow it. <laughs> it's a win-win you have some you've had some really good zingers tonight andy you're really Uh, funny right now um well the only thing about that is yeah they're both from they're both from illinois i think they went to uh kirkland community college which is down there by down there by a banana shampoo i mean champagne (laughs) didn't uh oh that's parkland high school i was thinking of uh Oh, that's it. That's Anthony Rizzo. Yeah. So, um, Kevin Kiermaier uh, blocked me on Twitter. I don't remember exactly <laughs> what I said, but we're talking about Strowman. It was a Strowman type thing where I alluded to the fact that maybe Kevin was a better defensive player than he was a hitter. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, he didn't. Hurts. It did. And then, uh, now I can't see anything that he writes anymore. So. That's too bad. I got blocked by John Hayman for, uh, you remember when he uh, got he had the hashtag uh, mishap, where he yeah. he meant to hashtag uh, huge hits and instead he hashtagged uh, huge tits, and I screen capped it and occasionally I would uh, he'd be in the middle of a he'd be in the middle of breaking some news and I would just send that to him, and apparently he got tired of it, and he blocked me, which could be a pain because I will see other people like referring to like making fun of a rumor he has, yeah. so I have to go to my other Twitter account, log in, <laughs> find it, and then go back to mine. It's like oh. This- Marcus Stroman Burner. Just apologize. <laughs> right. Former colleague God, of mine, sorry. John Heyman. Yeah, I'm sorry. Can we, I just we, unblock me? I promise I won't keep retweeting huge tits A, but I will. <laughs> I mean, what, Do you remember um, the tweet that he had about going to Fenway Park? And uh, <laughs> it was, I, I, I'm struggling to remember the exact wording of it but it was something about it was it was something about the racism of boston like black street black fan street or didn't pass another black fan or do you know what i'm talking about can you help me out because it sounds all right well there was another john hey hopefully someone that's, that's listening knows what i mean but um yeah yeah i also think the blue jays are going to be really good um and i do think they have a unique advantage in that there will be really good players who just don't get to go to Rogers Center to play against them. Um, and I don't think they really even need the advantage. I think they would win the American League East without it. So that just 
just, I do too. Just but I think the, the margin will be, yeah. yes. Do you think, uh, like Chris, like, like I interpreted Chris Sale's last comment about this was, was something like, we'll see. And I interpreted that as, all right, when the time comes, I'll get the shot and I'll go to Toronto. Do you think that we'll see a lot of that? Uh, I mean, I think players will get extra pressure and kind of like, look, you're, the supposed fears you've had about this have been long ago debunked. You know, this isn't like when the vaccine first came. You can't say it's been rushed anymore. Right. I mean, you know, I've been vaccinated since for a, more than a year and I have yet to grow that, you know, <laughs> horn out of the middle of my head that they promised me that I was going to. Right. Um, you know, Rizzo's supposed reason for it was, well, I'm trying to have a family. It's like, well, okay, well, COVID has been proven to cause infertility. The vaccine vaccine has not. So maybe your smartest uh, move would be to actually get vaccinated. Right. Uh, you might see some of it. I did think it was, to me, it was just a, you know, perfect that Chris Sale is on the disabled list with a broken rib, considering he's basically all ribs. <laughs> yes. What else could he break? <laughs> That he may be worried about the shot, just to shattering his arm. <laughs> You're gonna put that needle there. Mm. I don't think I could take it. Like, sir, we can't find any flesh. <laughs> it's not gonna work for you. Well, I'm gonna have to give you a doctor's note. Maybe that's what he means about the we'll see. Right. Then I, I, you can't give me the shot. I literally can't take an injection. Uh, okay, so lastly, the America, the National League East. The National League East. No. Um, I have the Braves winning again. Uh, I figure they'll – they won't have Acuna for – well, I mean, he's going to play soon. Yeah, maybe he's going to start DH, right? Yeah, he'll start at DH sometime this month, as as we were last informed. So I think that, you know, the Grom's injury actually will affect the pennant race because he's going to miss – Many starts, you know, two months at least worth of starts, and then who knows after that. But I figure that the Mets will be good, and and that'll be enough to kind of knock them out of maybe winning the NL East. So I got the Braves at ninety four wins, the Phillies at ninety one. You know, all offense and yeah. some starting pitching, and the Marlins. I'm not. I actually like what the Marlins are doing, kind of. Um, but I some. I couldn't get the standings to add up, so I have them only winning 75. And then the Nationals is 67. Yeah. They signed Nelson Cruz. But I don't know. I don't know. what he They gave him two years or one year and a mutual option, so that's why he went there. But it didn't make sense to me that he's going there. But other than to play with Juan Soto, I guess. Well, yeah, I, I took it as he's there to get – because that's where he got his paycheck. And then in July or August 2nd, yeah, he will get traded to a pennant race, and he will get to play in a pennant race anyway. So, right, um, unless he's bad, and then if he's bad, he still gets paid. Um, yeah, I mean the whole Derek Jeter quitting because um, they wouldn't sign Nick Castellanos. That can't, that can't really have been why he quit, right? I'm sure it was just general well, general frustration. I would say maybe it is some symbolic or uh, emblematic of the kind of spending that they're not going to do. I, you know, did it, did it come down to not signing one dude? You know, yeah. probably not. Probably but. just the final straw. That was the, all right, fine. I'm tired of this crap. I'm out of here. Not, 
you know, I'm drawing a line in the sand at Nick Castellanos. He should uh, still be a Cub. He should be. He he really wanted to stay. Um, the Cubs could not find anyone to take Kyle Schwarber. Which year. sounds weird. Yep. Which is why they because they would have traded Schwarber and signed Nick. And then in true Cub style, a year later, they just released Kyle and then had neither. And now they're both Phillies, where they'll both be on a team where their entire defense plan is just when the ball stops rolling, somebody pick it up. Get it in. Just get it in the infield. (laughs) (laughs) Just imagine the whole pitching staff. Like, oh, we're already playing in a bandbox. And when I do keep the ball in the park, no one can catch it. This is going to be this is a true recipe for success. So that will be fun to watch. It will be. They will else. just there will be games where they will simply annihilate people. Yes. Yeah. You know, oh, they won eighteen to two, Oof. and then a whole week of oh, they lost six to four again. Right. Two errors in the ninth. Yep. Who were your wild card teams? Oh, it's wild because there's. Mariners, Red Sox, and Rays. Yeah, right. Mariners, Red Sox, and Rays. So one, well, I guess the Rays were a division winner last year. And then Brewers, Phillies, and Mets. I have the Giants and Padres basically just missing, um, which I don't really have confidence in, but with at least with the Giants. But yeah, so I've got... Brewers, Phillies, and Mets is the wild card with the Mariners, Red Sox, and Rays. And I've gotten my World Series pick. I don't, I didn't go through and do all the series, but um, I've got the Blue Jays winning the World Series against Ooh. the Cardinals in six no, games. No, uh, no. I mean, it probably won't happen. I'm just rooting for. You like birds? Just rooting yeah, for I the do. bird teams. Those are actually. You couldn't pick the we, Orioles, so you ended up with the Blue I Jays and the Cardinals. No. Those are two of the birds in our backyard. Oh, well, maybe we have that's... a lot. Of, we have a lot of Blue Jays and Cardinals. Did you take some mushrooms and then stare at the backyard and then make your predictions? <laughs> Is that probably not. Maybe terrible, it would. Probably not a terrible way to do it. Maybe it wouldn't hurt. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't need you probably, for that. One thing you probably don't know is that I like the Cardinals so much that I have the only playoff games I have seen the Cardinals play since I was a small child were the four against the Cubs. <laughs> I just don't watch. Them. It's like, no, nope, fuck it. I don't care. I'll find out what the score is. And I've missed some exciting moments. I missed Travis Ishikawa kicking them in the balls. Oh, I remember that one. Um, the home run to right field. But I see the replays, and I enjoy them all the same. David Freeze's uh, home run? No. Not so much. Thanks. I didn't have to see it. Right. I'm also, it's funny, because I kind of the same with, I mostly am completely ambivalent about the White Sox. I always have been. Yeah. In fact, had I not gone to NIU and been surrounded by South Suburbanites who, you know, and it was the early 90s when the White Sox were good and the Cubs were terrible, um, I wouldn't care at all. But I also don't watch the White Sox. Like, I literally, I really don't, people talk, people go on and on about, <coughs> oh, the Scott Pitsendix home run in the playoffs and, and like, I didn't, and the World Series, I don't know. It does I not vaguely register. know that like uh, Juan Uribe ended up in the stands catching a pop up, and Scotty Pods hit a walk off right or he hit a grand slam. I don't even know what happened. It was a walk. It was just a walk off because I just didn't watch it. I don't give a shit. So that's my petty way of. You know, I also don't what, watch Green Bay Packer playoff games. Was it? Uh, yeah. 
Was it always like that, or did something happen that made you... I just would get really annoyed and be like, you know, I don't need to watch. Yeah. There's other stuff to do. I watched, uh, for some reason, I watched Dr. Zhivago instead of the Steeler Packer Super Bowl. I've never seen it. it? It's a good movie. It's roughly the same length, I figured, as the Super Bowl. (laughs) Yes. So, Super Bowl started. I watched uh, Julie Christie and Omar Sharif and... um, is that a book that you've read? That's not a book that I've read. I don't read a lot of Russian literature. It seems uh, they, depressing. They, tran- they translate it. Oh, I see what you mean. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to learn Russian to read it. Oh, you can read it. You can read it in English. Oh, that does seem like a good idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I am predicting that the uh, Dodgers finally win their first non-neutral site World Series. Yeah. In 34 years. And I hope it doesn't happen, because fuck them. But still, there's worse teams that could win the World Series than the Dodgers, like the Cardinals or the White Sox. Well, everybody's worse in, in, their, you know, in terms of quality. My bone to pick with the, with the Dodgers is not with the Dodgers, it's with the Cubs. Um, they're running that organization the way the Cubs could run themselves. Yeah which is on two tracks. They are paying players and they are still developing a farm system. Yeah. Because they can, because they have a shitload of money. And I realized that the diff- the, the Cubs will tell you that the difference is the Dodgers got that ridiculous TV contract. It's just, it's more money than they know what to do with, even though most of their fans can't watch. Their yeah. Games. They can't watch. They're still getting paid. They don't care. The Cubs botched it to the point where they started their own network at a time when it was a terrible idea to do that, and they can't figure out how to make any money off it, and the network is terrible. Um, but there is so, they are still they're drowning in cash, and we all know it. So put it to use. And put it to use is not trade you Darvish for four teenagers. It's keep you Darvish and pitch him and find other ways to acquire teenagers, because you can, because there is another way to do it. Dodgers do it all the time. So that's my, my problem with the Dodgers is not with the Dodgers, with the Cubs. I think that's a, a complaint that other, like the Yankees, I think Yankees fans would have similar yeah. type complaints. Although the Yankees do a pretty good job of developing or had young players. Um, but as far as spending that, you know, they don't, they don't go over the, the, Salary cap, the um, luxury tax. No, when yeah. they do, then they immediately the next year they want to duck under it. They don't want to repeat. Right. Um, I did enjoy <laughs> Brian Cashman trying to make the case. Well, I know we haven't won a World Series in a long time, but really, we should have been in the World Series. But the Astros cheated. We should have. So we should right. get credit for that. I mean, I we developed that team. I put it together, and we were good enough to win. But the other team cheated. So really, it all worked out. Yeah, that and- should count. There should be an asterisk. On our record, that says should have been in the World Series. I know the Astros, you know, like reinvented cheating, but it's not like the the Yankees are clean or anything. No, they had that was the year after they got busted for the Apple Watch thing, right? Right. Yeah. Good job. Um. All right. So I guess we can let's uh, we talk about some awards and then we probably can wrap this up. Um, sure. Um. So, NL Rookie of the Year. Yes. We know who that is. Say, might as well say, already say, print say a Suzuki on the trophy. The, they re- should. the reason I paused before I mentioned it was I was going to say that this, the prospect perverts 
<laughs> put him on the Cubs prospect list. They re-ranked and put him on the list. It's like, I understand that he technically is a rookie because he's never played in Major League Baseball. Right. But that's one step. It's another step too far to then treat the Japanese League like it's somehow uh, a low-level minor league. Right. It's not. I mean... Yeah, the best player is uh, in the league. But it's not, you know... It's like, no, he's not a prospect. He's a grown damn man who's going to be... He is a rookie, but he's not a prospect. Right. So uh, do you have a strong opinion about... Like, you know, Ichiro winning Rookie of the Year. or No, I think by definition of the rule, they should win it. They should, they yeah. should, it's fine. They're rookies. They've never yeah. played in this league before. They qualify. I agree. Um, I also like the fact that um, if the last Suzuki that came over could hit 350 as a rookie, I, th- <laughs> I don't see why this one can't. I think it should just be, like, it should be equal. He should hit 350 yeah. just like Ichiro did, his uncle. Uncle <laughs> um, yeah, now, there are a lot of good rookies. In the American League, it seems, has an embarrassment of rookies. An embarrassment of riches. Including rookies, the aforementioned yes. uh, Bobby Witt, uh, Jr. And Julio Ramirez. Rod- Rodriguez. Rodriguez, what I call him, Ramirez? Yeah. No, no, you did. I was just... Overdoing the oh, accent. And of course, Spencer Torkelson. <clears throat> yes, uh, who's good. And uh, so, what's the deal with Adley Rutschman? Are the Orioles uh, going to, still hiding him in the minor leagues? For no, I wouldn't reason? put it past the, the Orioles, but he had an injury. He hurt himself oh, okay. in uh, workouts, and uh, much like Riley Green from the Tigers, will start yeah. the season on the deal because he broke his foot with a foul ball. Right. Don't do that, kids at home. No. Um, yeah, Rutschman, um, will be up at some point soon. So I don't think the, the Orioles, he's got enough experience in the minors, um, that it's, it doesn't, and he's 24, I want to say. So it's time to go. It's, it's go time. Um, but what seems like I, I picked, I love Julio Rodriguez. I just think that. Wit's probably Wit. It could be Wit, but I think Rodriguez is, to me, reminds me of uh, some of those prospects of baseball in the early '90s that were so great. Like I don't know Juan Gonzalez and not, maybe not Ken Griffey, but you know those guys, legendary kind of stuff. And he's uh, a good defensive player and fast. And I think he'll, in some way or another, put the Mariners in the push push him over the top for the playoffs. So. That very well could be wit. I picked Rodriguez just to be a little different. So whenever we talk uh, rookie of the year and Ken Griffey Jr.'s name comes up, it reminds me of my favorite stat, maybe of yeah. all time. Which, of course, Jr. did not win rookie of the year. He came up for a little more than half a season and didn't put up enough numbers. But right. it was good, but he didn't win rookie of the year. But did you know that he was younger than the American League rookie of the year for each of the next seven seasons? That's a great stat. Yes. I, I maybe knew that at one time, but I didn't remember it. And yeah, that's, a guy we that's talked awesome. about in a previous podcast. Um, is that right? No. Who was the old guy? It wasn't Bob Hamlin. Maybe it was Bob Hamlin. Did Bob Hamlin win it after Junior? There was an old guy. It would have been, been 94. Nova, and he was yeah, 95. Of the year. 
Yeah. It took a long time before the reigning American League Rookie of the Year was actually younger than the best player in the American League. So that was great. I, I asked, uh, and I don't even remember the answer, but I, I asked him a silly question about that today. Like, put yourself, you're a junior, you know, put yourself, you know, where do you, where do you think your career is going to be among the other great juniors that we've had? Ken Griffey and Cal Ripken. And, and he mentioned, <laughs> yeah. Oh, the best. Oh, Roy small. I was never madder at a player than when he was traded to the white Sox and was just terrible. <laughs> it was the year after they won the division 83 and they, they really could have used a guy like Roy small. And he was just so bad. And I never forgave him. Um, he, I, let me guess. He compared himself to, Gary Matthews Jr. It wasn't no, no he didn't no, no, he didn't. Good. He didn't. He didn't really he's he took the humble answer and he's like, I just want to be the best me junior I can be. Oh. So That's I, nice. I, it was. It was. Yeah, um but Gary Matthews Jr. had one great catch and one great season and then one great flunked uh, PED test. So Right. That was, that was a great catch. That's as good a catch as there's been ever yeah. made, I think. Amazing. So Former I got Cup. Julio Rodriguez and yes, yes. Um, AL MVP Vladimir Guerrero. That's um, who I picked. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it very easily could be Shohei again, yeah, especially if he. I made the case. Pitches a little better, but that by definition, he is the most valuable player. Yes, he's a forty homer, hundred RBI hitter. And he's a top of the rotation pitcher. You cannot three, find the ERA guys. Yeah, you literally cannot find a player that is more valuable than he is. Maybe they're going to have to go to the uh, NCAA tournament most outstanding player. <laughs> yes. Too many shining moments. Otherwise, they're going to have to uh, give it to Shohei every year just for showing up. Right. Um, nationally most valuable player. The guy oh, with the gonna... best odds, I think, has zero chance to win it because his team is so bad. And that would be Juan Soto. Right. I mean, that's like Ernie Banks level bad. You've got to have an exceptional season to win on that team. Okay, so you're you're not going to like it. Um, but um, where is it? Uh, where is he? Nolan Arenado. Yachty. Uh, oh, you didn't pick Yachty? No, I didn't pick Yachty. No. no. Uh, and the reason I picked Nolan Arenado is because there's this... Because uh, the Cardinals are actually paying him this year as opposed to last year where they didn't have to pay a cent for him? <laughs> right. He's going to earn it from the new team finally because they're paying him. Uh, I, look at his numbers on the road last year. They were amazing. It was like home Coors numbers for Arenado. So I think he was adjusting to... Adjusting to being mouth-breathed on by all the fans? <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't two. be. I would have a hard time with that too. I one I tooth. Can empathize. Is that what? Anyway, uh, well, you know yeah. How, so you know how we know the toothbrush wasn't invented in St. Louis because it it uh-huh. would be, <laughs> or no? Wait, we know how the toothbrush was invented in St. Louis because otherwise yeah. it would be the teeth brush. <laughs> Sorry, got my own joke wrong. It, it you came around though you got you got it out it wasn't a straight line but you got there anyway so the he's over the Coors the Coors has an effect on I I I think on the road for it's as much as the, the home helps guys hit home runs the road aspect screws them up in the head mechanically whatever and I think this year being one year away from that 
he's going to just have a monster season. Anyway, and then the if the Cardinals were to win the division, people like to vote for team players that are winning divisions for the awards. So I hope, he gets, I hope he gets hit by a bus. Um, Fair. God, who did I pick? I just wrote this. Um, well, it's not Juan Soto. It so not Juan Soto. It was a Philly, gonna... Bryce Harbor again. No. Um, that was bad. Um, I suppose a smart guy would look it up real fast. Let me let me see if I can guess. Cardinals, Brewer, no. Someone on the Braves, no. Oh, uh, hmm. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Someone on the Dodgers. Uh, oh, I did see that you could get two hundred to one odds on Ian Happ. Uh, I didn't <laughs> take those. Oh, I decided if I was going to throw any money at anybody, I was throwing money at uh, Francisco Lindor at twenty-eight to one. That's great. That is uh, that's good betting. That's what I, I like because he similar to your re- rationale for Nolan Arenado, which is the first second full season in New York. He really did. His offense did seem to perk up when Javi showed up. Yeah, he just seemed a little more comfortable, and um, you know he'll have a full season. But problem is the Mets because their top of their rotation just fell off. They might right. not be so good. But I right. did like those odds. Um, who else was it? Let's see. The best odds were Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna Jr. I just can't see a guy coming off the coming off major knee surgery, missing a month, and still winning the MVP. Right. Mookie, who's always contractually obligated to be on the list because he's really good, and yes. uh, if. If there was a bowling component to it, he would never lose. And Bryce Harper. Yeah. I think the the Phillies can have three or four guys that hit 40 home runs. If Reese Hoskins does it too, I think Schwarber could. Harper has. And uh, Cassianos is kind of the – he's only hit over 30 once, but just when he seems to like where he is – He's done well, and he's he's a better hitter than he was as a young 20s man. So I think that's one of my predictions, that the Phillies will have a bunch of 40 home run guys. First okay. time since the Rockies of the 90s would that happen. Oh, yeah. The Blake Street Bombers. The Blake Street Bombers. All right, we'll wrap it up with the, uh, the Cy Young Award in both leagues. Uh, Walker Bueller and the National Bueller and the National League. And uh, I don't, Lucas Giolito, I don't know, to get back at the White Sox for uh, bothering him over $50,000 in arbitration. Um, yeah. So the, but it, uh, it, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I wasn't sure how I was going to complete that thought, but Giolito in the AL and uh, Walker Bueller in the NL. So the favorites in the American League are Garrett Cole, Shane Bieber, Robbie Ray, and Lucas Giolito. Yeah. Um. My worthy long shots that I put were uh, Frankie Montas, except how can you bet him when you don't know what league he's going to be pitching in? And uh, Noah Syndergaard. But but the odds aren't good enough for Noah. He's plus 4,500, not for a guy who got hurt. So I ended up uh, going off the board. I went with Rue McClanahan's uh, grandson, Shane. (laughs) And then in the National League, um, the favorites are Scherzer, Burns, Bueller, 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 and Woodruff. And the long shots that I thought were worth a flyer were Logan Webb, Carlos Rodon, and Marcus Stroman. I put Stroman because he's a cub. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, 
I What's said, Webb's I, odds? He is uh, plus fourteen hundred. Hmm. So fourteen to one. Um, I've said that if I if you could if you could assure me that Rodon would be healthy for most of the year, I would pick him. So instead, I said I'd throw a few bucks on uh, Webb instead. But I I really like Bueller. Uh, I know he was terrible this spring. That doesn't mean anything. And he's going to win it someday, and he wears those skinny pants, skinny enough that he would fit in on the marquee crew. <laughs> so he's, I think he's probably a good bet. And his team's going to win 100 games, and somebody's got to win them. And... He seems like the guy. He'll probably win a bunch. All right, so I think that's pretty thorough uh, breakdown of uh, what's coming up this season. And so now all this stuff that we predicted will happen. People don't even need to watch. Uh, or you can watch and just kind of relax. You don't have to worry. You already know what's going to happen. It's like a movie that's been spoiled. Uh, or maybe not. <laughs> Probably not. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, for Cub fans, it's the first year now since, like, I guess we really didn't know what we were getting ourselves into in 15. Um, it ended up being a very fun season. Um, but it's, so it's the first year since 2014 where we just kind of like, eh, we don't know what's going to happen. Right. It's and been an amazing, I mean, it's been in a, it was an amazing run. I mean, I know we don't like some of the things that are going on now, but I was looking back at all the other successful, uh, consecutive seasons in Cubs history. And, uh, it's like, this was the most impressive period since like the thirties. The 30s. Yeah, since the Joe McCarthy um, Cubs. I mean, that's uh, it's. I mean, it's sad that it took this long, but it's uh, mixed in at the end there. Yeah. Um, But um, well, well, actually, one of the books I'm reading because I read multiple books. I have one in the bathroom. The book I'm reading in the bathroom is uh, a book you may have read, uh, Lords of the Realm. Oh, oh yeah. So I'm reading that and. John Hellyar is just throwing out, you know, right, I'm still relative, first hundred pages, and they're kind of setting things up, and, um, you know, you're learning about the Dodgers move out west, and um, and about how they, uh, um, they banned the mention of Branch Rickey in the front office because uh-huh. uh, uh, the owners, Walter O'Malley, hated him so much, and, uh, and then he just kind of casually throws out how um, the Cubs were, uh, uh, another owner had convinced, uh, poor PK Wrigley, the hapless, uh, just like the Ricketts, the hapless fail son <laughs> of a competent person, um, that minor, the minor leagues were patently unfair and you really shouldn't put a lot of, of time or effort into developing a minor league system, which is <laughs> by far the biggest thing that crippled the Cubs for 40 years. <sighs> What a terrible decision. I mean, they basically, after World War II, when a bunch of 4F, you know, non-draftable players took the Cubs to the World Series, um, they basically punted the next two decades. Just what did didn't they, compete at all. I don't get the rationale. It's like we didn't have, they didn't have free agency or like we do now. Where was everybody coming from, you know? It was, didn't, they didn't see the need to invest in young players. I mean, and that was a time when there was like, 18 levels of the minor league. Yeah, there was a time just... when the when the Cardinals had 
just a ridiculous number of minor league affiliates. And then because right. of the reserve clause, they could trap those players and those players could never leave their organization. They were good players who never got to the big leagues because they were stuck either in the Cardinal or Yankee organization. And they were good players out of them and they could never get there. That is so American. It's like the most unfair thing you can think of. And it's, we're, we're really good at that. And there's even a thing about how the reserve clause was really a technic- an unintentional technicality in early contracts. Um, right. It was Maximum. just meant to keep to keep some sense of stability on rosters because these guys, these teams were going bankrupt all over the place and other and players were just hopping from team to team to team. And so they basically said, look, we'll sign you to this deal, um, but you have to commit that you're going to spend like three years with us. And then at some point that the reserve clause got interpreted as we own your rights forever. And it was like that until Kurt Flood. It was that way for like 70 years. So. Didn't they rule against Kurt Flood? Um, yeah, that's right. Because the, he wasn't the first free agent. The first free agent. That was until like Andy Messerschmidt. And, yeah, Andy Messerschmidt is the one. Right. Kurt's the one who had to sit out a whole season fighting it. Right. The, 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 the not apply or whatever the term is they're like you know we kind of sympathize with you but no we're not changing yeah yeah fun but thankfully the new cba fixed every issue that baseball had ever had look at all the money that everybody's spending on yeah the all the teams were nuts and everybody wanted to you know immediately start to contend again and the prospects of of losing 115 games and picking at the bottom. It's like, no, there's a lottery now. There's no way we can risk that. There's Give us lottery. some free agents. Yeah, it fixed everything. So that was great. All right. Well, the next time we talk, they will have actually played games. That'll be fun. It probably will be. We'll talk about uh, look- actual results. It may be depressing for Cup fans, but still, it's better than um, talking about the Cacti League. Yeah. Which, as we know, is skews the statistics and doesn't really count for. Yeah, if you can't hit, oh, I think the thing you know, if you can't hit in Arizona, you can't hit. It's got to creep into your mind at least. Yes. Last year, Jack Peterson went nuts in Arizona. Right. Yeah, he used every one of his hits until October. <laughs> but. Uh... All right. Okay. Well, thanks, Dave. We will uh, catch up again soon. You're welcome, and happy opening day. Yeah, you too. Many of us have herpes. 